Hello and welcome to the My Dietitian Journey podcast. My name is Adam, your co-host and producer with me, of course, Felicia Peraza of Peraza Nutrition and My Dietitian Journey, registered dietitian, certified health coach, which is the topic of discussion today. What's a health coach? Certified health coach. That's a thing. We're going to talk about it. It's almost like an MA would be to a doctor. It could be. Yeah. It's like a lower level of treatment of care, sort of, that relates to dietetics. We'll get into it. That's the topic of discussion. Hey, how's it going? Good. Good. It's That's going great. Well. It's not like we've spent the whole day together or anything. Yeah. I mean, All not right. really. Uh, I guess I should say my disclosure of bias here. Oh, your disclaimer? Disclaimer. I am a current national board certified health and wellness coach, uh, which is something we'll talk about today. And I also developed the program at the college that I'm employed at with health coaching as well. So. so you are certified as a health coach with the national health board, whatever it's, whatever the acronym is. NBCHWC is the credential, the NBHWC national board of health and wellness coaches. It's a thing. It's kind of new. Yes. And uh, Felicia works at a local community college, and she created the program at said community college to acquire this credential. So it's a one-year credential. Yeah. And uh, we're going to get into what it is and how it relates to dietitians, why it's maybe a good option for aspiring dietitians or just first-year college students or, you know, something to do with counseling. We're going to get into it. So where do you want to start? Uh, let's talk about like what an actual health coach is. <laughs> so Okay, what's a health coach? What do they do? So the term isn't protected. Um, so anyone could really say that they're a health coach. Um, so if you are looking into that, you want to look for more of a detailed education. You want to be looking at requirements to meet that national board certification of health and wellness coaches. So it's NBC, HWC is the credential, which is what adds to the alphabet soup. That is after my name. <laughs> so the um, national board for health and wellness coaches that we mentioned, it's a board of directors. They oversee the competencies, education, along with the national board of medical examiners. Um, and so their mission really is to advance the field of health and wellness coaching. And they have professional standards and collaborative partnerships, and they are fairly new. Um, but they really have been spearheading this area. So this board was put together, what was it 2016? I think 2012, 2012 was when the job task analysis came out. And then the first exam was 2014 or 2016. Um, it's on their history page. Um, and now I think they said there's over 6,500 health coaches at this time. So certified through their national board. Yes. Program certified examination. It, to me, for whatever reason, it reminds me of like a medical assistant or like a dental assistant or a, a certified nurse's aide. It's that level of certification that's typically a one-year program where you go through and then you prep and then you take an exam and then you get certified and you can practice, quote unquote, mm -hmm. or be employed with an organization as a certified health coach. Yes. That's what it reminds me of. It's like the one-year level of this profession, which, which is basically like coaching and counseling, health coaching. It's kind of new. It's, I don't know. I'm, I'm having trouble relating it to things that exist already because it doesn't feel like it's own, its own thing yet. Yeah. I think that's a good example though, of comparing it to like other fields in healthcare where, especially nursing too, or it's like the CNA and kind of the levels upward where there's things that you can do as a CNA that obviously a, a registered nurse could do but the CNA does not have the same scope as a registered nurse. So there's very different scopes of practice. So there. we should probably, is there anything else to touch on in terms of what a health coach is before we move on to what they do? Yeah, I mean, we'll talk about the training and education, but just broadly, you know, a health coach would be trained in things like motivational interviewing and health education and health promotion, really. So, so they're trained to counsel people on how to be motivated to make healthy choices and inform them sort of vaguely on what healthy choices are? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So what exactly does a health coach do? So they're really, they're helping to helping clients to um, implement health and wellness changes to improve their overall health. So a lot of it relates to support accountability. So it's like an accountability partner they could be. Um, and you'll see a term or phrase that comes up a lot that says the honoring of the client as their own expert of their own lives. And 
I know when we were talking about that, that can be like, well, what does that even mean? You know, the client is an expert in what? And it's really the client is an expert of how these things would apply to them. And so it's even something I think about as a dietitian as to I might provide them with different healthy snack ideas, but will that work for this specific client? And they tell me kind of thing. So they're the expert and it's not a top-down approach of just telling them what to do. So that's very much ingrained in like the health coaching curriculum as the client is the expert and you're kind of partnering with them and walking alongside of them in their health journey. Um, And so there's a lot on accountability, um, motivation, motivational interviewing. And it's very clear in the program that health coaches are not diagnosing. um, They're not clinically advising a client on what to do. That would be really out of the scope and also not within the framework of what a coach is really doing. Okay. Um, So there's a scope. We'll get into the exact scope of practice for a health coach when we compare them to a dietitian a little bit later. But uh, what's what's included in a health coach's training? How do you, what do you learn? So if the program is an NBC, HWC approved or NBHWC approved training program, and so you'll see ATP or um, approved training program listed, there are clear competencies and components that have to be met. So there's kind of these broad areas. So the first is coaching structure. So that's like coaching agreements, um, goal setting, vision statements, kind of like the getting to know your client aspect. Then there's the coaching process and a lot of the emphasis on that client-centered relationship, um, the ORs. So you probably, if you're in your studies as even a dietetic um, intern or a dietitian student, uh, things like the, or dietetic student, I should say, uh, motivational interviewing, you'll hear the OR. So open-ended questions, affirmations, reflections, and summaries. So that is a huge part of the health and wellness uh, coach training. The trans-theoretical model or the stages of change, that's something we talked about before as well. So that's another aspect of this like coaching process. Um, and then there's the, the the health and wellness piece. So that is something that's a part of the health coach training but it's more on identifying risk factors for chronic disease um, and thinking about how someone who, let's say, might be at risk for heart disease and the basics of what that could look like and then identifying if there's red flags where another healthcare professional should really be involved. Um, And then the last part is ethics and legal. So that is a component of the health coach training. So that includes things like scope of practice, confidentiality, Um, legal topics like HIPAA, um, and then awareness of federal and state regulations. So that's all the stuff that they're learning about. So they're, they're just a quick, just recap with this They're So they're learning about how to structure coaching sessions, how to have the conversation. Yes. They're learning about strategies to motivate clients, to take them through the stages of change, to get them to want to make the change. Yes. They're learning aspects of health and wellness as in how to eat properly, good sleep habits, exercise, but sort of a vague overview. They're not Mm -hmm. diving into specifics, but they're going by like what the American Heart Association suggests and the CDC, stuff like that's sort of out there already. And they're using that to cater a health and wellness plan to the client and then the ethics and legal stuff for for health information. Yeah, exactly. And the, the coaching structure, like you said, is that kind of framework of designing you know, not only a coaching session, but like a coaching program and what that looks like. And the process is more of like the how they go about that and really helping the client to get motivated and stay motivated. And those kinds of different theories in there, like the trans theoretical model or, um, you know, things like empathy and the trans theoretical model being a a model of taking someone through, um, in therapy, how to change the behavior from, one stage to that's kind of a lot to, we did another podcast on just that trans theoretical model, but it's a, it is a strategy for counseling Yes, to create, to create change in behavior for a client. Yeah. And in summary, it's a framework of looking at where the client is in terms of like their motivation and willingness to change. And based on where they are in these different stages, there's different strategies that you as the coach, the dietitian, the healthcare provider would utilize in that certain stage that will help the client to move forward through the stages. I I don't want to get in the weeds on like a specific thing, but like that's that all of that is included in the education of a health and wellness coach when you're 
going through the schooling process, which can either be at a college or there are independent programs that do this. That's where you got certified. Yes. Through an independent program. Through an independent. Yeah. And then from there, you created a program at the college you're working at. Yes. And your program includes different things that go a little bit beyond the stuff we just touched on, where it's not purely just the coaching strategy and the legal stuff. You go into, in your program, you have a business class, you have a communications class. Do you want to get into that? Yeah. So the, um, the way that this program is structured is there's core coaching classes, um, that meet these different competencies, but in those there's more practice coaching because that's something that all of this is, you know, information, but it's really about applying in an actual session versus learning what the trans theoretical model is or learning what empathy is. Like you need to be able to display that. Um, and then more scenario based things. Now, in terms of like the actual curriculum guide, there's also built in entrepreneurship classes, uh, an entrepreneurship class, psychology class, and a communication class. Um, and so those are things that just to kind of make it a little bit more well-rounded because one of the areas that a health coach can go into is private practice. And so just to clarify, this is the program that she designed at the college that she works at Bucks. Can we say yeah, yeah. Bucks County Community College in Pennsylvania, lower um, Southeast Pennsylvania is Bucks County. Uh, that's the college she works at. And that's the program she designed. We looked at a couple other programs that are offered in other places, one at a college and one of the private programs. They don't include business or a psych class specifically. Yeah. But it seemed valuable in Felicia's opinion. So she she added it to the, the course uh, catalog or the program. Yeah. And even the health and wellness, like we have a nutrition class with a dietitian. Um, and so there's that nutrition class separately, whereas a lot of programs like embed that in like a three week model or four week kind of module, or they have it as like a separate prerequisite. So every program is a little bit different. They still have to meet all those core competencies if it's an approved training program, but kind of the, the depth in the other areas that they might go into might vary very greatly among the programs. Okay. So in order to become a health coach, you have to find one of these uh, approved training programs. Could it either be a college or an independent program offered by a company? Usually they're online. Yeah. And then you need what? So what you else? need, so after you finish that approved training program, then you can complete the 50, which is required 50 health and wellness coaching sessions that have to be at least 20 minutes in length. Um, and they can't be with like current students they have to be with or family members. Um, and so there are some specifications as to whether, you know, what, a, um, an individual is allowed to, or who they're allowed to coach. Um, then you also have to have an associate's degree or higher, um, or 4,000 hours of work experience. Now the associate's degree can be it's pretty broad as to what that can be in. And the work experience is any work experience. So it doesn't have to be related to health or coaching. 4,000 hours is 400 weeks. Yeah. Right. Which is like two years. Two years. Yeah. Is it of working? However many weeks that is. No, it's four <laughs> years of working. Four years. So four if, years? if you've had a job for a while and this is something you want to do, uh, there's that. So an associate's, degree is kind of a big ask but if you if you have a job and if you if you do this if you do this at a college and you're able to just roll it into an associates it's another thing you could do this is something that maybe if you've if you've had some work experience or you've gone to college already maybe it's better for you it's a little tougher for someone to get straight out of high school and get into this because yeah. of that requirement of the uh, hours of work experience or the uh, associates. Yes. And I think there's also a clarification too with the associates is that if you don't have an associates, but you have 60, I think, or more college credits, that also can count too. So if you're someone who's like been bopping around and I had that with a student where they were kind of taking different classes, they didn't really have a defined major. And then it was, they ended up with over 60 credits at that point. Um, over the years. And so they didn't have a defined associates, but they definitely had more than 60 credits. So yeah, I think our math is way off for how many years of work experience that is. But if you just have those college, if you're, if you're just in college and you haven't completed a, an associate's program, but you have the credits, that's something else. 60, was it? College 60, credits? Yeah. Which yeah. is like, which is basically two years if you're doing 15 credit semesters or if yeah. you sneak in a, you know, a summer or winter class or whatever. So that's what you need to become a health coach. Yes. And then their last thing would be that you would sit for the national. Wow. So that all makes you eligible to sit for the exam, um, which that is the, 
the next step um, to them becoming, you know, a national board certified health and wellness coach. So I guess to clarify something I said earlier, there's a one year program to take for this, but it's kind of a two year degree or two year requirement because you need the associates or the college credits. Yeah, I would say a two year commitment because the other thing is if you don't have an associates or 60 college credits and you go through like an approved training program, something you could do is continue taking classes, get in your coaching sessions, and then that way you're kind of moving through and, you know, getting those requirements that you need to sit for that board exam if that's the pathway that you're going to go on. Oh, yeah, it's it's two years of work experience full time. Oh, okay, so we weren't Quick off. math. <laughs> yeah, so that makes sense. So if you've got a couple years of work experience, it's a shame you can't combine between college and work experience, but whatever. Uh, okay, so that's you, you have to do all that to sit for the exam, and then you sit for the exam, you, you nail it because you're so prepared, and you pass it, and now you're a certified health and wellness coach. Now, why would someone even consider becoming a health coach given the commitment? So there's one, it's a nice blend of psychology and nutrition, um, which could be a starting point for, for counseling. Um, and it does overlap with other careers. A starting point for a career where counseling is involved. Yes. It's a good way to, to start your career in such a manner where you're interested in working with people one-on-one. Could even be social work. Anything where you're sort of counseling and working with people one-on-one. Um, there was a, an instance where you knew people who had the certification who were working in a drug and alcohol addiction center. Yes. Anything that involves counseling, this is an easy in. It's the only thing you can do that's a two-year commitment really that gets you into a, a, a qualification where you're qualified to do counseling sessions with clients or patients. Yeah. And like there, it does overlap really nicely with a lot of different careers. Like mental health is one space. So um, like with psychotherapy um, and actually the program that I went through, there was a psychologist um, that was there and then dietetics is a great overlap. So it could be also a springboard to, you know, starting, you know, with a certificate and having that as, you know, also some experience and then moving into something like a, um, an undergrad in, in nutrition and dietetics. If you're planning on becoming a dietitian, uh, personal training is another area of overlap too, where the coaching, and again, it's health and wellness coaching, but there are if you know anything about the dimensions of wellness, there's a lot of areas of wellness. It's not just nutrition. It's also physical activity, spiritual wellness, financial wellness. So there's a lot in that wellness space that it can be a lot, uh, really applied to a lot of different areas, not just nutrition. You're not learning financial advice though. No. And that's the idea, you know, with coaching is that you don't need to be an expert in those areas. It's really about identifying like there's something called the, the wheel of wellness, where somebody maps on there. Um, it's actually a really fun activity, but it's called a wheel of wellness and it has the either six or eight dimensions of wellness on it. Um, and so environmental is another one. And the person plots on there, you know, if they're farther from the center of the circle, they feel like they have, you know, really great or high environmental wellness. It's something they feel really good about in their life or they're closer to the center of the circle. They don't feel like that's an area that they're doing very well in and whatnot. And then you see how well your wheel can roll. And usually if you're like some, most people are all over the place. And so it would be like a not very smoothly rolling wheel. Okay. Just to clarify, a wellness coach, health and wellness coach does not do anything with finance. No, but the idea is to understand how those areas can influence someone's health and wellness. So a wellness coach would talk to a client about their financial situation? It wouldn't necessarily be a deep dive. And that is something that I kind of mentioned with scope of practice. Like you're not going to be an accountant where you're looking at someone's financial sheet, but to have an understanding that, and this is again, kind of the coaching looking at the whole person perspective too. Let's say their financial wellness is really low and they feel like that's adding a lot of stress to their life. You can have a conversation about that and having the client share what they're feeling with their financial wellness, it could be something where you might refer them out to somebody else or recommend that they work with an accountant, or it could be something that they know, oh, I need to be shopping differently or cut down on my spending habits. And that can be a conversation of not necessarily having an in-depth understanding of, of financial wellness. And that's the whole point with coaching is you're seeing how that can influence other areas of their life. You know, if someone is stressed about money, or has or is on a fixed budget or income at that point that can also influence 
you know, what kinds of foods they could buy and do they have access to a, a gym or things like that. So it's more of understanding the client's entire perspective and what things can influence their overall health. Okay. <laughs> if you say so. Well, I'm not, I'm not behind that personally. <laughs> I don't think finance should be any part of, Hey, I, whatever is to me, health, wealth, and relationships are, are completely separate things. But if he, if you say that a health coach would talk about finance in some capacity, I'll just defer to your expertise there. Um, is there any supporting research for health coaching applications? Um, absolutely. So there's a, a couple of studies that we'll link, um, in the description. Um, and so there was, um, one study that looked at six months of health coaching and they found that it was a, an effective strategy to improving, hemoglobin A1C, self-efficacy, um, other high le- lifestyle health coaching that helped uh, clients to modify all different kinds of behaviors like exercise, um, nutrition, tobacco use, um, and then also looking at health coaching in rehab and prevention. Um, so they looked at things like cardiovascular disease and cancer, and they found that the health coach interventions um, were effective with having positive health outcomes with those uh, conditions. So there's The studies on health coaching are not that raw just yet or in-depth just yet, but those were just a couple um, that did highlight that there's benefit um, with health and wellness coaching. Okay, so um, we are going to get into CPT codes for health coaches. A CPT code is a, a procedure code that's used for billing health insurance. There are currently CPT codes for health coaches, but they are not billable. Yeah, so they're, um, and the reason why this is something that's kind of exciting that you'll see on, especially the NBHWC website, is that, you know, there's the opportunity for um, health and wellness coaches to potentially bill for health coaching down the line, uh, which is kind of the hope anyway. Um, but in January 2022, there were, or 2020, or in 2022, 2020, there was three, uh, what's called category three um, codes for health and wellness coaching. And so these are more for data collection. Um, and so payment and reimbursement by payers and commercial payers, um, it's optional. So most insurances will not reimburse until these category three codes become uh, category one. Um, so they are category three codes at this point. And again, they're more so for data collection, uh, for assessment. Um, and it's, it's to see if there's support and research and, you know, information, uh, gathering at that phase, but the codes are in effect for five years, they could be renewable. So hopefully, um, there's data that's collected that show the use and benefit of coaching. So when you see someone, a specialist, whatever, they bill your insurance if you're covered, they use these procedure codes to tell your insurance what they're billing them for. These codes exist for health coaches, but they don't exist at a level where they're actually billable. But when they're sent in, they're used for just purely gathering data. Yeah. Uh, and then there's also a, a, ta- a taxonomy code for health coaches. What's a, what's a taxonomy code exactly? So it's basically designating a provider specialty. So there's one for health and wellness coaches now. Um, it became effective April 1, 2021. There's one for registered dietitians. I mean, there's one for all different sorts of providers and specialties. Um, but you would use this code to apply for a NPI or national provider identifier which you would need to then credential with insurance companies. So the whole point of mentioning this is it's kind of like, why would you become a health coach? What's the point of the certification? What can you even do with it? Well, there exists the infrastructure for billing insurance companies, which means that at certain, at a certain point in the probably near future, the health coaching profession will have billable codes that if you see clients and they have health insurance, and they have coverage for health and wellness coach sessions, which will be, that'll be built into plans eventually for these health insurance companies, independents, those sorts of insurance companies, you will then as a health coach be able to get this certification, start a business, create, uh, get credentialed with these insurance companies, which is not a crazy process really. And then 
you'll be able to see clients and build their insurance at no or little cost to the client. It'll be a covered service like other healthcare providers, like your dentist, like your doctor, like your dietitian. That's the idea. Yes. The infrastructure for that happening soon enough is there. It could be two years. It could be five years. We're not, re- you know, no one really knows, but the infrastructure is there. They're gathering data to justify it, to see the benefit of it as preventative medicine. Yes. Basically, that's kind of the point. This is what else can you do for two years where you create a skill set for yourself, get a credential, and then you're able to bill insurance. Yeah. And that's also why we emphasize, you know, and, and went over a little bit about the um, National Board Certification, National Board of Health and Wellness Coaches and that certification, because that is something that would be then required, you know, just like, you know, with certain services, it needs to be a certain specialist or provider that provides that service that it would have to be someone who has this MBCHWC credential. Okay, so a health coach is a two-year commitment with a sort of one-year program of study. So you, within a couple of years of, of finishing high school or whatever of study, boom, you can be a health coach. Eventually, you'll be able to build insurance. A dietitian is a four-year commitment with an internship, soon to be a six-year commitment with an internship. Yes. So in comparison to a dietitian, um, What's the uh, what specifically is the scope of practice for a health coach, and how does it differ from a dietitian? So the the coach for uh, the scope for a health coach, um, the NBHWC has a position statement and a scope of practice statement, and I'm not going to read it, but because it's pretty lengthy. But the idea is this again: client center process. That's a term that they use. Um, but really, being able to support and Uh, be an accountability piece for the partner, for the client. Um, And so they're helping the client, not providing necessarily diagnosis. They're not prescribing treatment or anything like that, but they are helping the client to make sustainable, healthy lifestyle behavior changes. So they're really supporting the client on their journey for health and wellness. Um, And within that is sharing something called non-medical nutrition information. So that would be something that would be within the scope for a health coach. Can you expand upon what non-medical nutrition information is? Yes. So that's like principles of good nutrition, food preparation, um, things that would be included in a normal daily diet of some like a healthy individual, Um, you know, recommendations of essential nutrients, like general information that you could find publicly, publicly on the CDC website, you know, the American Heart Association, the National Institute of Health, um, the dietary guidelines that where it could be applied more generally to a group of people, group of individuals, um, things that would be like the actions of different nutrients in the body, Um, you know, how a vitamin C deficiency might affect somebody. So kind of more of like the basics, but very generalized, not this individualized prescription type thing. So you're, you're, as a health coach, you're making people aware of what these major uh, organizations recommend as sort of general health guidelines. The CDC is a big one. Everyone knows what the CDC is now. Yes. Um, American Heart Association, NIH, which is like where all the studies come from. Mm-hmm. So these places have lots of scientists and information, like lots of data to go off of to make general health recommendations. Don't slam your body with sugar every day. Get some sleep. You yes. know, that sort of thing. A health coach can point them in the right direction based on a health coach and point clients in the right direction based on what these organizations say, what this general information speaks to. But um, if you drill down more specifically, that's where it starts to teeter on out of scope. So do you want to go into uh, more specific examples of how um, a health coach might be practicing within their scope? Yeah. So like this could be like mentioned the basics of what's involved in a healthy diet. So that could be what exactly is a macronutrient? You know, what is a carbohydrate? What are examples of carbohydrate foods? What are micronutrients? Um, What could be healthy recipe ideas or sharing healthy recipes with somebody or healthy shopping tips? Um, You know, looking at how to read a food label. And that's, again, something you would find on the FDA website of how to find, you know, how to look at a food label and what things to look at. Um, things like exercise. So this is a big one where, you know, the CDC has recommendations for exercise and, um, the health and human services, HHS has guidelines for exercise. So helping a client to understand what that says, and then having the client set their own exercise goals. 
Um, but creating a specific workout plan would be out of the scope for a health coach unless they had some other credential like personal training or exercise science or something like that. Um, I mentioned, you know, something with financial wellness. That was an example I had too, but, you know, maybe talking with a client about, um, how to save money with coupons or, um, looking at a, a food budget, um, that they might be interested in or, how to prepare broccoli in a steamer pot to retain something like vitamin C. So it's general non-medical. Um, so it's that, that would fall under like the principles of good nutrition. Or um, if a client does have diabetes, talking about the CDC's website, they have information on diabetes and fiber. So just general information about f- what fiber is, what foods have fiber, um, that would be within the scope as well. And if they were to, what's, what's an example of out of scope? If a health coach is operating out of scope, they're doing what? What's an example of that? So if someone, let's say, does have diabetes, they can absolutely still work with a health coach. Um, and so let's say they come in, they're looking to reduce their A1C, and the coach calculates the number of carbohydrates and fiber that they should consume to regulate their blood sugar level. That's more one individualized care, but two, it's also looking at managing a chronic disease. Um, And so that would be, or if they're looking at their insulin levels, completely out of scope for a health coach, unless they have, again, some other training or certification. Um, Looking at labs and interpreting those results with a client would also be another thing that would be out of scope as well. So if a client came in with lab results from their doctor and then handed them to a health coach and said, what should I do based on this? That's operating out of scope for the health coach. Yes. And if they wanted, if a client wanted to lower their A1C, the health coach could make general recommendations that are sort of publicly out there by the CDC or the whoever, American Heart Association, FDA. Yep. General recommendations or a big one. This is where kind of working together with other providers like a dietitian, the physician is supporting the recommendations that are provided by those healthcare providers. So if the dietitian gives a client, let's say a specific meal plan for diabetes or um, how much fiber that they can eat per day, you know, the coach might help them with finding recipes or um, in the example of like lab results, let's say they go to the physician, um, helping the client to maybe prepare for that appointment or providing them with resources for the web, you know, credible resources that can explain different um, lab results. And so a lot of it's also facilitating and helping the client. So they're not just like, I'm not sure what I'm supposed to do here. The coach is kind of, again, that's where that kind of partnerships comes in, that you don't have to know all the things about labs or this and that, but helping the client to find those resources and then connect with those different healthcare professionals. Okay. So can we compare this directly to what a dietitian's scope of practice is to get a reference point between the difference between the two? Yeah. So the, the scope of practice for a dietitian focuses on food, nutrition, and dietetics. Um, and so when we look at what a dietitian does, we're utilizing something called the nutrition care process, which we're going to talk about, but it's taking the assessment of the health needs of a certain client, patient, population, considering factors like nutrition and health status, so ethnicity, social determinants of health, um, and then developing goals, priorities, objectives to implement basically a care plan, um, and then documenting based on that. But the scope of practice for a dietitian actually can be pretty broad because it includes, you know, what everything you might learn in undergrad, but then also federal and state regulations. So like some dietitians in certain settings can write and order tube feedings where others um, can make the recommendation, but they can't actually order it themselves. It has to go through a physician. But a lot of with the scope of practice for a dietitian um, is looking at, do you have the necessary knowledge, training and skills um, to perform whatever activity? A big thing that falls under this is medical nutrition therapy, which would be the management of certain chronic diseases through food and nutrition. Just to clarify a little bit on on this, there are like tiers of care. There, there, are, thing, there are things that uh, only a doctor can do. Then there's a step below that where you've got like nurse practitioners, physician, physician's assistants, where they can't do everything a doctor can do. And then it goes down the list. And this is sort of like, you know, a dietitian can't diagnose. They can't do that. 
mm-hmm. but there are things they can do that a health coach isn't qualified to do. Yes. So that's kind of what we're going off of here is that the dietitian's scope of practice is sort of more, it includes more than a health coach is the point, yes. really. It includes a lot more, I would say. Yeah. So uh, what is the nutrition care process and how do dietitians use this? So this is, it's a systematic approach. It's um, providing high quality nutrition care with medical nutrition therapy, which we're going to talk about what that is. But there are four clear steps that happen. So the first is the nutrition assessment. So at this stage, you'd be looking at biochemical data. So you'd be looking at lab results. Um, You'll be looking at medical tests and procedures, um, any kind of anthropometric, so height, weight, BMI, which is kind of, you know, very outdated, but it's still included. Um, And then nutrition focused physical exam. So if you're physically looking or you're sitting in front of and looking at a client, um, noticing if there's any like hair falling out or, you know, skin sores or things like that. And then the client history, the food nutrition history. Then there's, there is what's called the nutrition diagnosis, but this is specific to things that a client, that a dietitian can actually work with a patient on. Um, And then the intervention. So when you look at the intervention, this would be helping to either alleviate signs and symptoms that you would map to that certain diagnosis. Um, So an example could be like inadequate fiber intake. Um, And so when you look at that, it's like, okay, well, inadequate fiber intake, what's the reason? Well, the reason is the client isn't eating a lot of high fiber foods or food nutrition knowledge is another area inadequate calorie intake, you know, involuntary weight loss, things like that, where a dietitian could identify the problem, diagnose that problem that's related to nutrition, and then look at what evidence they have, create an intervention. And this could be nutrition counseling, nutrition education. It could be uh, making a referral to another healthcare provider. It could be recommending a certain dietary plan, um, a dietary supplement, and then monitoring and evaluation. So the, there's the four-step process, but it's very, it's standardized in the steps, but the approach can look different, obviously, very much based on the client. Do you want to dig into more so what medical nutrition therapy is specifically? Yeah, so the, the CDC just defines it very simply, I think. Nutrition-based treatment provided by a registered dietitian. So I, I like that as kind of an all-encompassing, but um, it's nutrition therapy. Um, and so when we're looking at MNT, um, this can include things like tube feedings, um, the interactions with drugs and nutrients. Um, the purpose of this is to treat or manage a disease or a medical condition, but it includes that whole nutrition care process, uh, but really looking at you know how can food, how can diet, how can that lifestyle impact, let's say, or prevent or manage some kind of chronic disease or a certain medical condition. And that's specifically what a health coach is not qualified to do. Yes. Yeah. Seems kind of like a health coach is just sort of an an entry level therapist in a sense to me. (laughs) That's my impression now because the financial stuff, I didn't think about that. We didn't talk about that. And that just seems like, well, what do you think about X? Like, it's just what a therapist would do, kind that, of. That is a lot of it. And that's where, when you, when I dove into the program, I wasn't expecting it to be so much on motivational interviewing. Like, I knew that was a component of it, but I didn't know that we were going to spend so much time on, you know, asking open-ended questions and providing reflections, which is a huge part of it. And in that, you know, you don't have to be the expert, really, in a lot of things, because if you're using those skills actively listening to the client, reflecting back, there's still some structure that goes along with it, but you really don't need to have, you don't really need to know a lot necessarily about a certain topic to really understand it. And then asking the client, like, what do you think is the area that you might need to work on? Most of the time they know I need to do better with my time management. I need to you know, spend less money on this. I need to add more fiber to my diet. A lot of times they know and they just, you asking those questions and kind of probing a little bit and then responding and giving the client space to talk. And so it's very much more edged, I feel like towards the therapy side of things than anything else. So I guess a health coach helps people become more self-aware of their habits and helps them sort of unlock the knowledge that they already have and helps them be more analytical about the decisions that are making with their life and the things that influence their health yeah, and their wellness, which is sort of a, a woo woo term. 
Yeah. With without a concrete meeting, because it just it's everything. Then, if that's the case, but yes, a health coach is really just meant to. It's like holding up a mirror. That's it's funny you said that because um, reflections. Uh, that's exactly how they are phrased in learning them. Is that these are. you're essentially holding up a mirror. And so there's all different kinds of reflections, one of which is just a simple reflection. So it's just restating what the client said. And sometimes just doing that, and there's, you know, a lot about how you do this so it doesn't come off as just you repeating what the client says every single time. Um, But that's something that the client, like they hear it back, they confirm, and most of the time they'll just keep talking. And so that is such a really great strategy instead of, just firing off open-ended questions because then you get into all these different traps of just asking questions and not really reflecting and having the client go deeper in what they're saying too. Yeah. It's a, to me, it just sounds like a health and wellness coach is, is about uh, manifesting self-awareness and creating the ability to make good habits for a client, I guess. Yeah. And that's where a lot of these tools, I mes- mentioned, you know, the wellness wheel and what dimensions of wellness. And that's a lot of this too, is creating a self-awareness because a lot of times people don't look at the different areas. They're like, someone tells them you need to do this. You need to lose weight. You need to, you know, start eating healthier, but really it's something else in their life that's going on in their social life or their emotional wellness. That is, driving a lot of the other behaviors they have. And so sometimes it's bringing self-awareness to that and then also identifying, do they need to work with another healthcare provider or is it just a matter of the self-awareness? Now they're more aware of it. And now how do we get to those next steps of making a change? So um, health coaches and dietitians have a different scope, but it's possible for them to work together. Yes. No? And yeah, so so what's your vision of health coaches and dietitians working in tandem? So I am very much a proponent of and support of working with a health coach. And I say that with someone who has gone through the NBHWC credential and so someone that is has that level of training. Um, and this is probably a very unpopular opinion among probably dietitians, I would say, um, with health coaches, because the idea is that you're creating kind of a, a care team, you know, with, for a client. And it's something that happens in an inpatient setting, um, where you're working with different healthcare professionals to coordinate and collaborate and, um, you know, help the patient. And so it's the same kind of thing when I think about the health coach, the physician, the dietitian all working together is that you're creating this team of care essentially for a patient. Um, and, you have more touch points with them, more kind of someone else that's helping to support them along the way, provide accountability. Um, and so I, I really think that it could be helpful to have, you know, a health coach in that team for that patient. So you think that dietitians view health coaches as a sort of competition or like they're encroaching on the space that only dietitians should be entitled to within the healthcare continuum, I guess. Yes. And I say that from a lot of the forums that are on where, especially when these category three codes came out that everyone, there was a lot of uproar in the dietitian community about they're going to be billing insurance and kind of like they're taking our jobs in a way. Um, but that's not the case. And again, that's just not the framework that I look at as look as another person that could be a support person for your patient to help them. And I've worked with health coaches before and, um, it really just, it helps the, cl- the the patient, the client overall with success. That's kind of an unfortunate view for dietitians to take on this health coaching credential because it's not, it's very different. And y- you know, like when you, when anyone goes to their doctor's office to see their physician for an appointment, the doctor's not taking your blood pressure and your pulse. They're not checking, the doctor's not checking your vitals. Mm-hmm. The doctor's not scheduling your next appointment. Other people are doing that. Yeah. There are levels of duties within the healthcare system. And there are levels of duties within the uh, nutrition care system as well, like this sort of care team. There are levels. And, you know, this this field in general, wellness, health, uh, the you know, you, how well you eat and how well you live, the sort of field of health and wellness that dietitians live in 
is growing. It's expanding. People need more care Mm -hmm. these days because there's a lot more to contend with. We live in a very unnatural environment. We get exposed to lots of things. Human life is just getting more and more complex. It's getting harder and harder to manage. So having another person, just like a personal trainer and, you know, every other specialist that exists, this is just another piece, another component. And it's, it's for the patient. It's for the, the client. It's for the person you're helping. It's not for a profession to decide who gets to do what and, and who needs what. If this, the need for this has manifested. Yes. Just, you know, that's, I'm sure exercise physiologists probably had a bit of an uproar when personal trainers became a thing where they were certified and that field grew. Mm-hmm. But that's, there was a need for that. Because physical exercise became more and more relevant because people were getting less and less of it due to sedentary jobs and lifestyles. The same is applying here for food and other aspects of health. It's harder to get a good night's sleep. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, our lives, especially now, everyone's working from home. You can work until the sun comes up if you want. Other aspects of life are getting more and more complex. Being brought back to uh, the ground level or just being aware, being made aware of what's going on by a health coach more often is helpful. Yeah, absolutely. And even when I've been working with uh, patients who had a health coach, you know, and it could be a health coach that I knew or didn't know. And the thing that I saw was that they, one, maybe could see that health coach. They might be seeing me every month or every other month and they were seeing that health coach in between or they maybe had a different kind of coaching relationship where they might be doing more texting and things like that. And so they were able to help support them with their goals. And what would happen is I would go through with the client, you know, the medical nutrition therapy piece of it, you know, whether it's managing, you know, cholesterol or whatever it might have been. And then that client, that patient was going to the health coach and saying like, here's what my dietitian recommended. Here's the goals we set. And then they were this accountability for that um, patient and maybe providing them with some other recipe databases or some other examples of fiber foods or things like that. And so they were really supporting what I was doing with the patient. So we were all on the same page and it was just another way to keep that patient more accountable. And, you know, it was just a really great experience. So it's unfortunate the perspective is what it is from dietitians on health coaches. It's just it's not like that in any other field. Dentists don't feel that dental hygienists are competing with them. Usually a dentist hires a dental hygienist or two or several for for a practice. Mm-hmm. If your practice grows to a point because you're teaching full-time at a college right now so your practice isn't necessarily your main focus, but for other people, for other dietitians, maybe for you in the future at some point, if your practice grows to the point where you're having a tough time keeping up by yourself, you can hire a health coach or two to then have the dietitian dietetic dietetics sessions nailed it got there eventually spread out a little more Mm -hmm. to help your clients you would have them see a health coach yeah there are probably private practice dietitians who when they grow their business will eventually hire a health coach or two that'll probably be what ends up happening yeah other professionals psychotherapists other professionals that operate in this this space will eventually be hiring health coaches for help yeah because this field is growing it is growing. And it's one of those, that's again, where those kind of like the, the category three to category one we were talking about and, and why that's, you know, a, an aspect that's exciting for that field of health and wellness coaches. But um, when you think about, you know, clients, a lot of times, if I have a client who I, you know, ends up kind of falling off track, sometimes they don't want to, they want to kind of get things on track before they meet with me again. So they'll kind of delay their session or, you know, might say, oh, this isn't the right time for me. But I found that, again, with some of the clients that I worked with that had a health coach, they, and again, it is very much dependent upon, this is like my little, my little practice world (laughs) that I'm looking at, which is biased, but they were on track and, you know, more accountable to, to more people, which was really helpful in the beginning stage of making a change where everything could be really overwhelming and they might fall off track in air quotes more often and kind of helping them along that journey which then ended up helping them to keep their appointments and continue on with me and things like that. So it just was a really great way to keep 
the client also engaged. Yeah, this sort of feels like, in terms of how maybe dietitians are perceiving this, this sort of feels like a who moved my cheese situation where it's it's change, it's uncomfortable, it's something that they don't really understand or didn't see the need for initially. A lot of things, you see this happen in a lot of professions, and it, old habits tend to die hard. Tradition uh, tends to sort of outlive its usefulness, and this may be one of those things. Yeah. And I also think the issue, which I don't necessarily disagree with this, is the issue is sometimes you'll see some of these like maybe bigger health coaches that have more of an online presence working out of their scope, maybe. And then that's where the issue is also coming in. Like they're spouting this incorrect information, they're doing harm, whatnot. But then they're also, it's unregulated because they really just use the term. And so then that becomes the issue as well. And it's, well, you see that all over the place with personal trainers left and right with these diet plans that recommend X grams of protein and X grams of fat. I mean, that's rampant in the space, but you know, maybe eventually that will improve. Who knows? Yes. And that's, we were talking about this can really happen in any field. That's not specific to just, you know, dietetics where people are, other individuals that are not dietitians are working out of the scope and, you know, doing medical nutrition therapy when they really shouldn't be. And so it's, um, I think a a problem that can happen in any area, but. More certifications, more education, more regulation with this stuff will help to improve, to define the barriers of scope for these levels of care for, for practitioners, for providers. What else? Anything? Closing thoughts? Uh, just closing thoughts, I think the main one being that, you know, absolutely dietitians and health coaches can work together. But I will also say that I actually found it really valuable to go through the program myself um, and become a national board certified health and wellness coach. And one, it gave me a different understanding of what a health coach did because I didn't really understand that to begin with. Um, and I probably was also in that school of thought of like health. I was just seeing health coaches working out of scope and I'm like, you know, what are, what's happening? But also it gave me a really great deep dive into motivational interviewing. And it actually really helped me, you know, as I'm working one-on-one with clients as a dietitian, because I don't think there's enough of this in the, the dietetics education that I went through. We had a class on counseling and we did some practice counseling in my internship but then you're just kind of like left to it in a way. And so that was something that I really appreciated in this curriculum was that I was able to have like way deeper dive of motivational interviewing and the stages of change and more about motivation and how people change and what can be helpful there that I think really helped me as a dietitian too. All right. Well, I think that'll wrap it up here for our discussion of health coaches I'm going to title it health coach versus dietitian and have like a Mortal Kombat Street Fighter thumbnail where they're fighting each other. That is great. Clickbait. (laughs) Some clickbait right there. Now that's going to do it here for the My Dietitian Journey podcast about health and wellness coaches. Um, Any questions, comments, concerns, feel free to leave a comment or uh, I guess if you're listening, check out the YouTube channel, right? Mosey on over. Interact, you know? (laughs) But uh, yeah, that's going to do it for us here. Take care.